Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast, where we will be sharing all things motherhood, farming, faith, rural living, and so much more. So grab your favorite beverage of choice and come hang out with your two farm wife besties. We are so happy you are here with us. Corteva AgroScience provides cutting edge solutions for farmers worldwide. Learn more at Corteva.com. Oh, I know I introduced a little on you, but do you want to give a little more background on your life and what led you to be a dietitian? Heck yeah. Might get a little long-winded, I guess, but I did not grow up in agriculture similar to Whitney. My dad is a business owner. My mom has a desk job. I don't still really know what she does. Um, my dad grew up on a dairy farm, but it was like, you know, kind of, if you don't behave during the summertime, we're going to go throw bales with uncle Adam. And I was like, Oh no, not, not for me. And then I met my husband, my now husband, when I was 18 at Winstock country music festival. And I've been on the farm for almost eight years since then. Um, and you know, I met him after my first year of undergrad. So because of him, I kind of shifted, we changed into dietetics. I wanted to be a doctor for a really long time. Um, I took a nutrition one-on-one course and I was hooked. And then after that, I thought I was going to work in eating disorders. And then I thought I was going to work in sports nutrition because you got to cover both athletes and eating disorders. So, um, I worked with athletes for a really long time and I worked with high school through Olympic level athletes, including professional athletes working through their Olympic trials to qualify for the Olympics and so much of that. And then I realized unless you're somebody who's mobile, which obviously with the farm, we're not mobile that's not going to work for you because obviously up here in Minnesota, we've got like the Minnesota twins. I wasn't super interested in the Vikings. Um, don't love basketball. So there wasn't a lot of options for me. Sorry. What I just broke your heart. Um, <laughs> secretly dying over here. <laughs> I know, sorry. Um, but then I just saw the way that he fueled his body. So he is a fourth generation dairyman we're raising generation five, hopefully, but I saw the way that he, you know, looked at me and he would say the cows got to eat before I do, which means that he eats dinner at, anywhere from seven 30 on a fabulous night to midnight, depending on the season and then gets up and doesn't get home until if we're lucky 10 AM and that's his breakfast time. If it's beyond that, it's got to get delivered. So, you know, he's having thoroughly, thoroughly too low of calories per day. And that's, you know, increasing his risk of injury, illness and joint damage, arthritis, all those things. All those things that we don't really care about till you turn around 30. And then when you actually start to experience them, it's like, okay, body, I'll listen. (laughs) Heck yeah. Yeah. So so I, I see that. I see that a lot, obviously, with what we do. And we're the same way. I mean, we don't in the summer eating supper, sometimes it's nine. And so then, you know, you go to bed and breakfast really isn't a priority first thing a lot Mm -hmm. of the time for farms and ranches. And so, Yeah, I've learned so much from you as far as being able to not have to supplement, but instead use foods Mm -hmm. to fuel our body in certain ways, like you said, for joint health, for sleep, um, for gut health, and so much more. And so do you want to dive a little into what, what you push as far as for women and men in the ag industry? Yeah. So I'll give you guys kind of like a little sneak peek. I'm this weekend is let's see, today is July 31st that we're recording this, but I fly out to empire farm days in New York on Thursday through Saturday. And this is exactly what I'm talking about with male and female farmers and ranchers out there. So, um, you know, when I go places or I have wives that set up consultations for their husbands, 
I usually get a little bit of pushback and husbands are super uninterested in that consultation to begin with. And then the second I say, you do not need to be having salads and sauteed vegetables, and I'm not going to remove butter and all these things from your diets, they perk up a little bit. So my, like Whitney said, philosophy as a dietitian is foods first. And if we have to supplement perfect, if not, we're going to do it with food. So, um, you know, like I said, kind of what brought me to the farm and why I became passionate about this is watching my husband. So he's 28 years old. And at 22, I believe he was diagnosed with arthritis up and down both sides of his back. He's a dairy farmer that mix milks in a tie stall barn and he's got bad hips. He was a high school and college wrestler. Um, so, you know, lots of parameters as far as pain and pain prevention go, he's very resistant to it. But when I get those men and women who actually listen, my number one recommendation when it comes to bone and joint health and pain is going to be tart cherry juice. So if you guys are familiar with me at all, you know, that I'm like tart cherry juice's biggest fan. Um, I don't care what time you have it at, but if you're somebody who struggles with sleep, you're going to benefit more from four ounces of tart cherry juice, 30 to 60 minutes before you go to bed. It is one of those foods where your body can kind of become, um, what's the word I want to use. It can kind of neutralize it per se. So after an extended period of time, maybe we bump to five ounces or six ounces, it's going to take you a while to get there, but tart cherry juice, what it does is it prevents and decreases inflammation in your body. We call it a vasodilator. So it expands your blood vessels and then it goes in there and it gets rid of free radicals. So the way that I kind of explain free radicals to people as little spike balls in your blood vessels, your muscles, your body that cause inflammation, pain, swelling, illness, and then tart cherry juice acts and kind of goes and gets that and then excretes it. So if you're using it for inflammation and sleep, like I said, four ounces, 30 to 60 minutes before you go to bed is my number one recommendation. And then if you're somebody who's coming off of Again, let's say arthritis. If that's something you struggle with, I do four ounces of tart cherry juice, four ounces of orange juice, apple juice, grapefruit juice. If that's what you want to do, make sure you're obviously not taking any heart medications if you're doing grapefruit juice. Um, and then one to two scoops of collagen. So, um, collagen, I think is one of those really trendy supplements right now where people are getting into it. And you're going to notice the biggest benefit as far as collagen goes with your hair, skin, and nails, but collagen is your most abundant protein in the body. So what this kind of function at functions as is to get into your muscles, your hair, your skin, tissues, ligaments, and it goes in there. And again, just starts that repairing process. So that is one of those things that I would say, if you were somebody who struggles with that, go ahead and supplement with that for sure. Um, wait, I don't know if you want to jump in or if you want, just want me to keep going. Yeah, no, <clears throat> you, you can keep going, but I will say that Kennedy started us on tart cherry. Oh, probably two years ago. So Kennedy also, I will add is a speaker, um, at cultivating courage, which is my women's event in February. And this will be your third year. Is that right? Yep. And mm -hmm. every year she brings more information and more things for women to leave with and take home, not only for themselves, but for their kids and their husbands. And so, it's funny. Our kids do take tart cherry at night to just help with sleep because correct me if I'm wrong. It helps release melatonin, the natural sleep hormone in your body. And so it's funny because we have um, gummies for them and Rowdy can't say his teas very good. So he calls them fart cherries. And so he wants his fart cherries at night. <laughs> and so then oh. um, being pregnant, I have noticed obviously more blood flow through my body. And if I do not take my tart cherry at night, which I use, um, and you can tell them is it Indian summer is one of them. And then mm -hmm. what's the other one that you like? Cherry bark. 
Cherry Bundy. And so those are the two that we use. I can get them on walmart.com or Amazon. And if I do not drink mine before bed, my blood pressure is all over the place the next day. And it is it is insane, but it is so amazing. Helps with sleep. Um, Bart, Bart uses it on and off. Um, it's hard when he gets home super late. So I'm usually in bed, but I really push for it. And it's helped his blood pressure as well. So we are huge advocates of tart cherry in our house. Heck yeah. Yeah. So like Whit said, I didn't mention it, but like I said, you know, using it before bed for sleep purposes, like Whitney alluded to, it causes a release of natural melatonin in your body. So I have a lot of people who struggle with sleep and they're on a melatonin supplement. And the way I explain that is melatonin has a half-life, meaning it's active in your system for 30 minutes. Beyond that, you're getting a placebo effect. And usually that's, a you know, kind of at, um, at, what's the word I want to say? I don't know. It's because of social media kind of sensationalizing that melatonin does so much. So of course we believe it, but also because your brain can become dependent on melatonin at three milligrams. Most people's melatonin supplement begins at five milligrams. So you get that half-life of 30 minutes. And then beyond that, you essentially have just become dependent on it. So your body's like, oh, this is doing something because it's got that dependency. So tart cherry juice goes in there and coerces your body to naturally produce that melatonin. Usually I say that two weeks of consistency with that is when you start to see benefits as far as sleep goes. Um, some people have sooner, some people later, if you're somebody who really, really struggles with sleep, I also recommend magnesium. Magnesium is not something I ever orally supplement people with. I actually do topical lotions or sprays. And the reason being because our skin is our largest organ, but on top of sleep, when it comes to magnesium, magnesium is our number one mineral micronutrient that's involved in nerve contraction. So if you are somebody who struggles with Charlie horses, headaches, migraines, um, random muscle cramps, if you're super sore, cause you've been in the, up and down in the tractor or the silo or whatever you're doing, um, magnesium, something that's going to go in there and kind of help with that muscle soreness and increase your recovery. So that's another really useful tool. Of course, if you want to increase magnesium consumption, that's going to come from things like salmon, tuna, trout, mackerel, those fattier fishes, which in the Midwest are pretty hard to get in. Um, so that again, that's where the lotion spray come in and then, you know, nuts and seeds, flaxseed, um, chia seeds, those kind of things too. Yep, for sure. And so we're huge. I'm a huge component of magnesium lotion as well. Smells great. I just put on my Mm -hmm. feet before bed, put on my tummy now that I'm pregnant. Um, But another one that you're really big on, and if anybody does follow Kennedy, these are like her top three, um, kefir. And a lot of people may not know what kefir is. So can you explain that? Yeah. So again, something that's kind of becoming a really big thing right now in social media is gut health. And it's something that we just kind of started researching or beginning really deep, deep in-depth research on, I would say in the last 10, 15 years is gut health. So we know that when we foster a lot of diversity in our gut, so we have more active live cultures in our gut that are various strains, we have better immunity, better sleep, better skin, better, better cardiovascular capacity. I mean, there's really nothing that doesn't benefit from it. So along the same lines is that if we have more diversity in our gut, we also see more serotonin, that happy hormone production. So 90% of that happy hormone lives in your gut. So if you diversify it, you have a really happy gut, you have lots and lots of goodness in there. <clears throat> Essentially, the better your mood, your anxiety, your depressive symptoms should be. Now, that being said, if we need to go on a medication for those things, by all means, let's do it. 
but kefir is one of my number one recommendations as far as probiotics go. I very rarely actually supplement anybody with probiotics. I want you doing two weeks of consistency with getting one to three servings of fermented foods per day. So that's going to be things like kefir, yogurt, cottage cheese, sauerkraut, pickles, pickled vegetables, um, sourdough bread. I usually will say two slices of that. If you can soak like your onions in an olive oil vinegar mixture before you put it on a salad, those are all things that are going to kind of increase the live cultures, those probiotics, we call them that live within your gut. Kefir is another one like Wit talked about how her blood or yeah, her blood pressure is really um, well managed with tart cherry juice. It's the same thing with kefir. Kefir really does a good job with um, things like gout, blood pressure, and then blood sugar regulation too. So it's not something that I think a lot of people wake up and they're like, I cannot wait to have my shot of super tart kefir, but the functional functionality wise, it's phenomenal for your body. Um, and again, like I said, the more diversity that lives in our gut, the better. So for us men and women in agriculture, when we don't really have, you know, paid time off or sickly, if we don't have help or it's busy seasons, we can't kind of stand to get sick. So really focusing on our gut health is important too. Right. And so for anyone that doesn't know what kefir is until I met Kennedy, I had not had to look for it in a store because obviously it's not something like she said, you just crave. And so in our area in Kansas, it's in the yogurt aisle. Um, when I first started looking, I thought it would be in the milk. It's definitely not. It's by cottage cheese, sour cream, yogurt, all those things. And it comes in like strawberry, blueberry, peach, regular. Yep. Yep. Strawberry is my favorite. And like she said, you can um, you can make a shake out of it and actually you don't even taste it. So that's my thing is uh kefir yogurt and milk and a little shake. And I drink that for breakfast and it's good for me and doesn't taste like crap. So that's a plus for both things for me. Yeah. Well, and then to wit, you kind of alluded to, you wake up and you have that. So my biggest thing is, like I said, in the opening of this, my husband constantly is like, nope, the cow's got to eat before I do. So he's absolutely not waking up any earlier than he has to, to make breakfast. And I can tell you what, I'm not getting up at five o'clock, four thirty, <laughs> four o'clock, depending on same on breakfast. So <laughs> yeah. So, um, with that, you know, my kind of analogy that I like to give is I want you guys to be thinking of your body as a gas tank. So you're sleeping hopefully seven to nine hours per night. I know that's not always realistic, but in that seven to nine hours, your gas tank is getting depleted, right? It's going down you're getting down to E because your body still has to go, go, go. It has to use energy to sustain your life in that moment. So you wake up, you're kind of running on E and then the longer we extend that period on E, the more we tap into our stored glycogen. So we're getting kind of sciencey here. What that is, is any excess carbs that your body has stored to kind of just give you a kind of a reserve tank, we'll call it. We start tapping into that. We push off fatigue. We're increasing our ability to um, have injuries. And I'll give some statistics up here soon too. But um, what I really like to say is for blood pressure or blood um, sugar purposes, and then also energy wise, making sure that you're getting breakfast in 30 to 60 minutes. I literally do not care if you're having a banana and a chocolate milk. If you can do a protein and a carbohydrate together, first thing when you wake up with 16 ounces of ice cold water, your energy is going to skyrocket. So what we get there is we get again, protein and carbohydrates. So protein is our body's primary and preferred source. I'm sorry. Carbohydrates are our body's primary and preferred source of fuel. So banana in this example, protein heals your muscles, kind of provides more satiety, more fullness. And when you're going to work livestock, milk cows, um, you know, 
be up and down in the field where you're bouncing around and you're putting stress on your body and your joints, protein is really important. So getting those two in nonetheless is going to kind of extend or push off that fatigue for you, give you enough energy to get to the next meal or get to breakfast or whatever comes next. But then that 16 ounces of ice cold water, it's kind of my new thing that I've been recommending with people because again, seven to nine hours of sleep per night, you guys aren't drinking anything. So technically we'll, you will say you're dehydrated. That may or may not be true. Um, you wake up and you're dehydrated. 16 ounces of ice cold water is almost really refreshing to your cells and gives you kind of the same little energy boost you would get as if you had caffeine. So I have lots of people who are underfueled consistent consistently and they're reliant on caffeine to maintain their energy stores. We push that off. You do 16 ounces of ice cold water. And then on top of that, you guys should not actually be having caffeine on an empty stomach either. So what that does is it drives up cortisol, your stress hormone. And that's going to put you into fight or flight mode. Typically it causes fat storage around your waist. I call it the inner tube area, love handles, lower belly, hips, waist area. Um, but then again, caffeine is an appetite suppressant. So if you're waking up in the morning on an empty stomach, you're having caffeine. Now you've pushed off your appetite. Now you're further into fight or flight mode. Now you feel like you can extend again, that window of eating and go longer and longer and longer without nourishment. And we're just pushing our body into more stress. So cortisol, that stress hormone is really, really heavily influenced by things like our hormones under fueling our body. So not eating enough over exercising, which I would go to say that most people in agriculture, depending on what realm you're in and what your day looks like day to day, your basic activity is probably going to be considered over exercising for most days. Um, and then lack of sleep stress in general, which we all know in agriculture that comes in abundance. So, yeah, Yeah, so uh huh. So if we can minimize, you know, excess caffeine use, that would be wonderful. And I'm again, as a dietitian, you'll never hear me say that you can't have something. And if somebody told me I could never have coffee again, I would be just pissed. So with that, you guys are absolutely at Corteva AgriScience. We believe that when we work together, we grow together. We believe innovative agriculture solutions are found in the lab and in the field, applying real insights from farmers with our global R&D knowledge to create a strong suite of innovations across seed and crop protection. We believe in constantly challenging ourselves on how to bring all of our solutions together, giving farmers the tools to address today's needs and tomorrow's challenges. We believe in what we do because we believe in what farmers do, and together we thrive. Corteva AgriScience, keep growing. We allow to still have your caffeine, your coffee, your energy drink, whatever, just not on an empty stomach. Right, and you're a huge uh, push of so you say caffeine as like coffee, teas, pop, mm-hmm. all these things are diuretics, correct? And so then you're already dehydrating yourself. And yep. so you've always said like for every cup of coffee, you need to have a glass of water. Yep. And so I think and there's a, a lot of people that aren't aware that they're aware that it's a diuretic, but they're not aware that they're already putting their system in backwards mode by dehydrating mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. And again, for people in agriculture, you know, especially like right now, anywhere across the country is hot. Oh, so So when you guys, yeah, when you guys are sweating day to day, you can't measure your sweat losses unless you're weighing out of the house and you're weighing in when you get out, you have no idea what you lost day to day. So like Dylan will come home and he actually is getting really good about doing that for me. He's married to a dietitian, but there was a day last week when we got up to like 98 degrees and he lost eight pounds because of sweat. Oh my gosh. So 
Yeah. Dylan fluctuates really easily though. And I feel like that's with his history of being a wrestler, which I feel like a lot of men in agriculture were previously wrestlers, but for every pound we lose, we need 16 additional ounces of water. So for Dylan, I mean, I can't do that math off the top of my head, but I believe that's like 108 ounces. And that's Um, water's hard to put in, right? Water's hard to get, get drank in that amount of time. And so I know that you're also a huge push for electrolytes. Yes. So another big component of that too is if we are overhydrating our body. So if we are drinking lots and lots of water and we think we're doing really well. And then you go to the bathroom and you notice that your pee is clear. It doesn't even look like you actually pee. Like it's just water. That's our signal that we need some kind of minerals. So actually my go-to is usually going to be body armor that I recommend. And I get a lot of pushback on that because it's, there's a pretty relative amount of sugar in there too. Remember that again, you guys are expending lots of calories, lots of energy. And when it's hot like this, you guys need sugar, but accompanying all that you get sodium, potassium, magnesium, and that actually makes your body more accepting of that hydration. So we need sodium and minerals to offset water. So sodium and water kind of have a, an opposing relationship per se. If your water is too low, chances are your sodium is too high. If your sodium is too low, chances are you're overhydrated. So we can call it hyponatremia. That's your actual like medical diagnosis where you have too low of sugar in your blood or too low of sodium in your blood. And then hypernatremia is too much sodium in the blood. So again, just really kind of walking that fine line of at minimum, I would say when it's hot like this, 16 ounces of electrolytes per day, especially if you're a heavy sweater would be my non-negotiable for you guys. And I'll say that body armor for me, when I first started doing it, didn't taste the best to me, but I found that if it's on ice and is very cold, it tastes much better to me. Mm-hmm. I find yeah. it hard to drink that even a little bit warm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a coconut water base, but it's, I mean, a great source of minerals in there too. Chocolate milk is another thing that can also count. There's minerals in chocolate milk. Perfect. And so you um, had said at the beginning and in your bio as well, that you're helping people, people who are underfueled. And so can you go into a little more on that? Like, I know that we've discussed like lunches, like tractor lunches before and, and like one sandwich. I know that people think that in ag, like if you're just sitting in your tractor and snacking that you're just eating overeating and really mm-hmm. you're not, you're still not eating em- enough. So you're like a huge push of two sandwiches with extra yep. meat on them. Can yep. you talk a little more about underfueling in? And I feel mm-hmm. like this could be maybe pushed more towards men just because they push off meals sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say the number one thing that I see men or women wise is underfueling. So not eating enough to support what you're doing. And I see a lot of men who in agriculture, we have a little bit overconsumption of alcohol. So we have some men who are maybe a little bit heavier than they'd like to be. So naturally you, our thoughts because of social media are, well, I'm just going to skip Cut my calories. Yes, exactly. So what happens then is all of a sudden we're at 2000 calories even, and we're expending 4,000, our body literally, you guys can't expend the energy necessary to kind of complete those processes that cause us to lose weight. So, you know, social media says all it is to lose weight is calories in versus calories out. That's not true. If we don't have the energy in our body, the calories in our body to sustain those processes, why would our body say, yeah, let's go ahead and lose weight. If you literally don't have the energy in your body. So how I set people up is three square meals per day, which again is not realistic and it doesn't have to be perfect. That's my biggest thing. So three square meals per day. And then in between every meal, you guys are going to do a snack. So depending on 
kind of what your schedule looks like day to day. It's going to be either a carb and a protein together, or for women, we can do an antioxidant and a protein together. So antioxidants, you guys, I just separate fruits and vegetables from carbohydrates. So that's essentially any fruit or vegetable aside from potato, sweet potato, banana, peas, and corn. Everything else is going to be considered an antioxidant. Um, with that for, let's say harvest time and planting time, actually, you know what, let's not even take that. Let's not even say that if your energy changes at all, your daily expenditure changes. So for Dylan, he has to milk cows every day, morning and afternoon. We milk twice a day. Then if it's harvest season, planting season, or we're doing hay on top of that, he's in the tractor all day long, which I think for some people in agriculture, they think that that's not expenditure of your energy. You are bouncing up and down over and over and over again in an air ride cab. Your body still is expending calories in the form of carbohydrates. So we increase his plate. So it goes from instead of half his plate of antioxidants or even a third of it. So fruits and vegetables, it flips. We do half a plate of carbohydrates. So half your plate or two fists, you guys, I'm a big proponent for using your fist because your fist, your husband's fist, your wife's fist, your kid's fist, they are all likely different sizes. So we flip over to half our um, plate of carbohydrates, one fist of fruits and vegetables, and then one fist or more of protein. So for women, I think that's very hard. It's a very hard mentality to tackle because we are such, I don't know, so easily influenced by social media saying that we're going to get these big, huge muscles or whatever the, the issue is. Our bodies have a very hard time converting protein over into fat mass. However, what protein does is it regulates our blood sugar really well. It keeps us feeling fuller longer. Um, and I mean, there's mild immunological benefits to that too, and preventing sickness and illness. There really isn't a disadvantage to having more protein unless we have some kind of renal function or history of, um, you know, kidney disease or family history of it. So again, kind of an explorer, a summarization of what I just said was for Dylan in my prime example, he milks twice a day and then planting harvest or hay seasons, he increases his time in the tractor instead of having the ability to come home and take a nap or whatever, you know, ride to the gas station, haul cows, whatever it is. Um, he's moving his body more than usual in that air ride cab. So we increase his carbohydrates. That's the main thing for men, for women, we mildly increase your carbohydrates, but then we also increase your fruit and vegetable consumption. So women were a little bit easier influenced by inflammation Um, inflammation again is caused by stress, illness, sickness, injury, um, stress, gosh, what else causes inflammation? If we have hormonal imbalances, PCOS, secondary infertility, menopause, all of those things, antioxidants, so fruits and vegetables go in there and they excrete that. So we increase carbohydrates mildly, but then we also increase antioxidants. So a woman's plate actually pretty much looks like even distributions of protein, carbs, and fats. And protein, carbs, and fat and antioxidants. Whereas a man's is more carbs, less fruits and vegetables, same amount of protein. Which is not what society will do air Mm -hmm. fingers is telling you, they want you to cut calories. Hey, just cut calories, cut calories. And that's not, that's not what helps you. No. So I'm glad that you've said that. Mm -hmm. So another thing you, you said in there and you've kind of push this on your page too, is, um, uh, talking about kids, feeling kids. And so one thing that you've taught me is the clean plate Mm -hmm. saga. You have to eat all your food before you can get up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So important to touch on. 
Yeah. So, I mean, we can come at it from, you know, internally reflecting too. And we grew up in the generation where our parents, you know, either depending on what generation we are, I guess, rationed their food. So they had that no waste policy or they were raised in a poor home or, you know, maybe you were, maybe this doesn't apply to you, but I grew up in a home where food was abundant. However, it was still the clean plate club. If you didn't finish your food, there were starving kids in Africa or some other sick, poor child needed your food that you were ungrateful for. All that does for us is kind of disconnect us from that hunger fullness cue. And it teaches us looking, you know, reflecting back as an adult that we have to finish our plate, whether or not we are full. So now, you know, with my history of previously, I was working in youth eating disorders. Now I bring that to the table and I say, you know, if you are hitting that uh, hunger cue or that fullness cue, whether or not you have one bite or 10 bites left on your plate, you are done. You can find a way to either save it or throw it away. If you have livestock, give it to your livestock. If that makes you feel better about it but you do not need to finish your plate. You can, um, you know, like I said, I mean, you can reroute, you can change these things. You just have to practice leaving food on your plate and working through the guilt that comes with it. It's okay. It's okay to waste food. Now what I do, I mean, I have an eight month old daughter, so she's obviously not in this mode either, but something that we bring to the table with her, if you have a little one like that is I do not feed her as in, I don't put my hands near her mouth. She feeds herself. That teaches her that she has to be in tune with letting me know when she wants to be done. So if you're watching your little one who is eight, nine, 10, a year old, whatever, feed themselves. And they've decided that they now just kind of want to play with their food. There's your cue that they're done. They're not hungry anymore. And playing in your food is perfectly developmentally appropriate for these little people too. So Dylan gets super, you know, kind of irritated that she'll throw food on the ground or she'll play in her yogurt or whatever, but that's them learning shows you that she's not interested anymore. Exactly. Exactly. She's not interested. And again, she's learning her textures and the more textures you can expose them to the more tastes, um, the more variety of things that you can offer in different forms. So just because your baby likes a banana might mean that they don't, or might not mean that they like it when it's mashed up per se. Um, but all that does is again, creates kind of an open communication pathway with you as far as hungerfulness cues, and then also making sure that they're a more diverse eater when they grow up. Right. And I think that I've, I mean, I've even experienced that as an adult when we eat out, especially it's like, I need to finish my plate. I need to finish everything that's here because we're paying for this. But in reality, that's what, I mean, that's what we've been socialized and taught or pushed to do is finish our plate. And then that's when you're so freaking full that you would like to just puke it back up. And then some people do struggle and actually do that. And that's, it all comes from pushing to finish your plate. Right. Well, and I mean, on the opposite end of that too. So eating beyond that fullness cue, like we just talked about, it kind of tells our body, like, we're just going to continue ignoring the cues that you're giving us. So just stop giving them to us. And that's how it goes. So again, this is a lot of the stuff that I practice working in youth eating disorders. But if we flip it to the opposite spectrum, there are a lot of people who wake up in the morning and they don't have hunger because they've skipped breakfast for so long that their body's like, why signal you and give it to me anyway? Yep, exactly. So we become disconnected from it and we have to work really hard to kind of rehabilitate that process back in. And it looks like a high protein meal before you go to bed. So beef jerky, hard boiled eggs. Um, I have people who really love sweets or they like chocolate before they go to bed. And we have them do like a fair life, high protein ice cream with a splash of fair life chocolate milk and some flax seeds. So they get their kick, they get protein and they get fiber. 
And then that, um, ground flaxseed kind of acts like a malt powder, but again, you have to do a lot of work as an adult to kind of, again, rehabilitate those hunger fullness cues within your body. And it's hard, hard work and it's frustrating. And it's literally rerouting these habits that you've created since you were an adolescent. And then also your thought process surrounding food. And a lot of us in agriculture don't have time to be cognizant of those things too, because we're rushing through meals. We're not efficiently chewing our food. You know, we're not thinking about a lot of things. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so you had talked in the beginning about not being a huge component of supplementing everything. And I think in today's day and age, it's so easy to be like, Hey, I just want a pill. I just want to take a pill to solve, solve a, B or C and you flip it. And you like, you've helped me in so many ways figure out, Hey, you could just add this to your everyday food and that will help with that instead of taking 14 pills. And so I know another one that you're really big on. And if you have anything else to add, I'm just like touching on all the things I know that you love is beef liver. Yes. Yep. So I have a lot of people who are on multivitamins because again, they've been sensationalized. But if we think about a multivitamin really clearly, you guys, if we're meeting our performance plate that I just described to you, protein, carbohydrate, fats, antioxidants, if you guys can efficiently execute that performance plate, likely you don't actually need a multivitamin at all. You're getting your micronutrients from whole foods and you're doing a wonderful job. Now, when I have people who struggle, because that is really freaking hard to do that as a dietitian, I'll tell you that I probably fail more often than I succeed, especially rural during busy times, all of those things. Um, but what I do instead is I do a beef liver supplement. I use vital proteins. I order it right off Amazon. It's a purple bottle. You're going to get this bottle and it's going to say four capsules every single day. Beef liver is so potent, you guys, that you don't actually need to do that. You can get a better bang for your buck by taking two capsules every three to four days. So if you're somebody who eats a lot of red meat, you might not need every three to four days. It might be four to five. Um, you know, kind of, again, everything has to be really individualized because we have some people who can't get enough B12. We have some people who can go into B12 to fish or toxicity a little quickly. So, um, again, really individualized and making sure that you're working with a health professional that understands what your blood values mean, um, kind of can do a diet recall on you. Lots of those things is really important, but hundred percent, I usually will always recommend beef liver over an iron supplement as well. So there's quite a few people who get iron deficient or especially during pregnancy, when that comes up, your doctor, your physician will likely say, let's start you on an iron supplement. And then all of a sudden, boom, you are constipated. So beef liver is the standard. It's a whole food It's more easily acceptable to your body most times than a, um, a supplemental form of iron. So on a previous podcast that I did for, um, inside ag, we discussed taking the time for your mental health. And so I think that this gives a huge push into taking the time for your physical health. And I know that before I had met you, I had never heard of a hormone panel. And so it, and it took a bit for me to find somebody that would do it. I had to go functional medicine route, but I think that the fact that, that it is not pushed more to get your blood drawn at least every year as we age. And I'm saying when I was 20, I would have never cared nor thought to get my blood drawn every year. But after I entered my thirties and you know, like you said, joints start to hurt, you have various symptoms that you can't really explain what it is. And so, um, I think pushing for your physical health to get a physical or your blood drawn once a year is such a huge, really big, important thing in our lives when all we do is stay on the go in the ag world. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And again, you guys, another thing of chronic stress, which like I said, stress doesn't just look like chronic stress because you live in agriculture. It looks like not eating enough overutilization of your body, overexercising, um, not getting enough sleep, smoking, alcohol, nicotine, all of these things, tobacco, um, you know, with that, that's enough to cause micronutrient deficiencies, elongated or chronic elevated elevation of your stress can cause micronutrient deficiencies in your body that can tank your thyroid. Your thyroid regulates estrogen. If you're a woman, it's all a cycle. Everything is really, really interconnected. Our adrenal fit or our adrenals kind of run or influenced by caffeine use. Okay. Well, caffeine inhibits the absorption of iron. You guys, I could go on and on and on about this kind of cycle, but like Whitney said, your insurance, most insurance insurances should always 100% cover yearly testing of blood panels. You usually, if you go to your physician, they'll always do a CBC or a basic, like, um, like electrolyte panel on you, sodium, potassium, those kind of minor things, because those are things that shift every single day. Um, they might shift by the hour. So those are really common ones to do pretty, um, you know, consistently. I want to see things. If you're a woman, like a complete reproductive panel, I want to see a stradiol, testosterone, progesterone, um, DHEA, LH, FSH, everything. They're all influenced is going to tell us a whole host of information on you. If that comes back perfect, that's really wonderful. If it doesn't, we've got a great place to start. Same thing with your thyroid. We go to the doctor and a lot of times your doctor is going to run thyroid. Just stimulating the thyroid. Hormone. They yeah, just want exactly. to offer a thyroid. Yeah. And they don't realize that, well, or maybe they do, but we need TSH, that thyroid stimulating hormone. We need thyroid antibodies. We need T3 free, T3 total, T4 free, T3 free, T4 total. Wow. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> that is a um, <laughs> we need a whole host of things for a better picture because they all, man, it's like a chronic or a consistent cycle. If one is low, it's going to influence the next one. It's a domino effect. Right. And so I heard a study um, not long ago. It was like after you hit the age 30 or 35, I can't remember exactly. As a male, your testosterone, auto, like it's, it dips. So when you're experiencing fatigue, you know, all these things, there's a very high chance that your testosterone is low and that you're lacking in it, but that is normal. And I don't think that mm -hmm. ev they ever talk about that being a normal thing. And these, these symptoms are not normal. You know, you should not be feeling like crap and having low energy and low sex drive and all these things. And I think that that is just not normalized enough when in reality it is happening to so many men that don't even realize. Right. And men are so much less likely to go into the doctor or say, you know, I, uh, I have no sex drive because they're embarrassed or different right. things like this. You guys should not have to barter back and forth with your physician to run your panels on you either. That's the next thing I see. So, I mean, just be your own advocate. If you think something isn't right, likely something's not right. We're missing something. Right. And feeling like crap isn't normal. No, no. Okay. Chronic fatigue is not normal. Right. So we've covered a lot of stuff. Now, do you want to um, dive into just a little of what you do as a re registered dietitian nowadays and explain to people and then offer them um, how they can find you? Because you share so much good stuff on social media. Thanks. Um, you know, you know, again, as a dietitian, I want to help as many people as possible, but I have to acknowledge that not everybody needs me or not everybody is a perfect fit for me. So the things that I do offer are 
courses that are more aimed at the women. So I have two courses that are out right now. They are on eating for your cycle. So your menstrual cycle, it's kind of a really cool thing. Um, that's becoming new. We're doing more research on it. So that one is farm gal nutrition. And all of these are linked to my Instagram bio. Um, then I have another one that's called working through the basics or breaking down the basics. That is just essentially how I work on fueling people. These are courses with no accountability. It's a one-time purchase. You guys keep this forever. You go off and you execute on your own. So those two are live right now. And then come August 21st, I'm releasing my nutrition through pregnancy. So that's preconception all the way through postpartum and breastfeeding. Um, that's kind of my next passion after I had AJ, but then those three come again, August 21st, those will be live. And then I offer one-to-one nutrition coaching for 30 days. So that's more accountability. You are in constant communication with me. We're going over, you know, everything that you eat day to day, lots of annoying things, I'm sure, but it helps. It's a good picture. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I just launched a member too. So that is a monthly membership. You pay $97 a month if you are not my current or previous clients. And we go through all kinds of nutrition education weekly. There's discussion posts, homework, lots of good stuff. So like I said, I wanted to offer something that fit everybody, but if that's not relevant to you, I'm always on Instagram at the dot legendary, like D-A-I-R-Y dot dietitian. Please feel free to ask questions or reach out for things that feel relevant there too. Yeah. And so do you also have an email just in case there's anyone that is not on social media? Yep. So my email is just Kennedy, like the president, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y, Youngren, Y-O-U-N-G-R-E-N at gmail.com. Perfect. Is there anything else you would like to leave these listeners with? Hmm. As of right now, the only last things that I can think of too are the statistics that I've looked at this morning, which is kind of funny that that was happening. I see 87.6% of men and women in agriculture suffer with joint pain. Um, 44.5%. So almost half of those cases are specifically related to our diets. So that being said, if you think something's not right, let's take a look at what you're putting into your body first and onto your body before we feel the need to go elsewhere too. Right. And so with that being said, you're a, a push of full mega, right? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Which yep. is an omega supplement from first, first form? form. First form. Yep. Right. And so if you have any questions at all, um, I'll post in the show notes Kennedy's contact. But honestly, our family has benefited and learned so much about our bodies and how we can help ourselves with the help of you. And so I'm very thankful for you and I'm thankful that you joined us today. My gosh. Well, I'm thankful for the opportunity and for your friendship. Yep. Well, we'll chat soon. At Corteva AgriScience, we believe that when we work together, we grow together. We believe innovative agriculture solutions are found in the lab and in the field, applying real insights from farmers with our global R&D knowledge to create a strong suite of innovations across seed and crop protection. We believe in constantly challenging ourselves on how to bring all of our solutions together, giving farmers the tools to address today's needs and tomorrow's challenges. We believe in what we do because we believe in what farmers do, and together we thrive. Corteva AgriScience, keep growing. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. You can follow us on Instagram at farmwifeguru and at Kylie Epperson underscore. Be sure to follow or subscribe to Midwest Farm Wives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. 
And remember, every day may not be good, but there is some good in each day. Stay grateful, friends.